Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It is the Daily Stripe. Crazy news coming out of the NFL. A lot of record-breaking extensions. Justin Herbert, the man with the plan, now in Los Angeles, the highest-paid player uh, for the team, and a record-breaking extension for quarterback. Andrew Thomas, left tackle, New York football giants, record-breaking extension. Five years, $117 million. Some other extensions. Diggs, cornerback, the Cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, $97 million over five years. That's his extension. Titus Howard getting $56 million offensive attack from the Houston Texans. And Cole Komet, tight end, maybe fantasy breakout for the Chicago Bears, getting four years for $15 million. No running backs, but a lot of players getting paid. Yeah, getting paid for sure. Um, it's it's that time of the season where guys are... Uh, <laughs> are you buzzing in there? No, no, I'm giving you a, a notice to, to turn your mic. Um, I would say that uh, I love the Justin Herbert deal. You know, I mean, obviously he's gonna he's gonna continue to play at a high level, and you know, I don't think it's that big of a contract. I mean, it's it's big, but like it's not Patrick Mahomes big. So I think you know it's it's kind of still like a prove it contract in my opinion, and hopefully you know they can uh, spread the wealth a little bit around the rest of their team and be able to to field some depth and, and you know continue to pay their wide receivers mm-hmm. yeah mike back on good to go you I sound great now thank you, you. Great. I, I don't know why i tried to subtly on. do it but you didn't you didn't pick it up i didn't know if you were tagging in if you were pressing to jump in or not um but because it is your guy uh but it's very exciting for the chargers but a window that we talked about a window that they quite frankly, at a point, had a massive advantage on because their quarterback rose so quickly to the ranks, the highest of ranks, and Justin Herbert made such great jumps in his first couple of years. Toss, I think you said it the other day, he had a record-setting uh, rookie year, and he was, you know, he didn't really have that sophomore slump. And though he was hurt last year, he still played really good football, and they, quite frankly, could have beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars had they not had one of the most epic playoff collapses we've ever seen. Sorry, Nick. Now that window is kind of closing, though. You've paid your quarterback. So this year is really a big year in which the Chargers can get it done for them to rise and shine and really hopefully, if not take over the AFC West, at least show they can get to the potentially the the divisional round and maybe the AFC championship. Because that team is capable of doing it if everyone's fully healthy. They have all the pieces. You have arguably the best safety. You have an unbelievable wide receiver trio if Johnston's what we think he can be. Eckler is one of the best, if not the best receiving back in the NFL. Um, you get Slater back, 
who was a massive loss last year. And not enough people are talking about that, the left yeah. tackle spot. And then obviously you have Bosa. You, I think I've, I even forget it sometimes. You have Khalil Mack, uh, and then you have good corners as well. JC Jackson's coming back. JC Jackson's coming back. Murray's a guy we like at the linebacker spot. He could hopefully pop off. So this is a Chargers team. You have to pay the guy. I'm glad you paid the guy. It was the right guy to pay. Um, but now this is all of a sudden, if it wasn't a high-pressured year already, it, it grows even exponentially for this team to get it done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, pressure is on. I mean, the pressure's been on, uh, especially with you know guys with expiring contracts, with Staley being on the hot seat, just having Justin Herbert when you have the luxury of having a, a quarterback like him. It's also you know somewhat of a burden to make sure that you have to get something done while he's under contract with you um this opens up the window a little bit longer but yeah i mean look how much longer are we going to keep saying that you know they're this is their year this is the year where they finally break out and then nothing happens um something's got to change yeah absolutely toss um yeah not not much else to add i guess just a question for nick nick do you think that herbie is going to be a charger for life or nearly life maybe in the last two years of his career you know he goes to another team or something like that but for all intents and purposes like same trajectory as as like philip yeah i would say that's that's probably something i mean that's not necessarily even on him i think that's just like the organization where it's like nowadays you have a guy like that on your roster you know who knows the the team who's comfortable um who puts you know jersey sales you know just flying off the shelves uh, you have to very you know, unproblematic as well, which I yeah, think exactly. Good. And you know, it's, it's right. easy, the little cherry on top that he grew up a chargers fan. So he also doesn't seem like the type of guy, you know, just personally, who's just like, yeah, I want to jump ship or yeah, I want to go, I want to go to New York or I want to go to Miami, you know, like that's just, I feel like he just wants to play football. And Dude, he, as, he long went back as, as, they are, as long as they are winning seven plus games every year i think sure. they will be they will be with him right they sh- they should be yeah yeah they do for five thousand yards his second year like forget pat mahomes for five let's like, let's forget pat mahomes and his you know ridiculous play and, and, and gaudy numbers and, and, and unbelievable accomplishments take him out of the picture what justin herbert has done in his first three seasons is unbelievable oh yeah, yeah. i mean breaking records left and right yeah and for me, he's a guy that could have been a top 10 pick, but he went back to school and everyone's like, oh, why is he going back and calling all these questions on it? But he went back. He played more football for a university he loved, played great football. And how often have we seen people strike out and miss on first round quarterbacks? How often have we seen all the time, all the time? Like we're sitting here. Well, I, I would say in on the flip side as well, like, OK, he's played amazing. He's broken all these records. You know, Pro Bowl t- uh, caliber talent. You know, some people are saying he could be a top five quarterback in the league. We'll see what happens. In three years, though, for a normal rookie, right? Let's just say Anthony Richardson. Let's say CJ Stroud. Let's say Bryce Young. You know, let's say any of these guys. You don't have as much scrutiny as you do when you're like Justin Herbert, cause he's playing so well, like people are saying like, Oh, he's got to get it done. Right. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, getting to the playoffs, but you know, hasn't been able to, you know, actually put together a, a, a winning season. hasn't been able to, you know, get to the super bowl. Right. Joe Burrow's already done it. You know, Patrick Mahomes won before 
we're comparing them to greats right now. Like most quarterbacks in their careers, the great ones, that is, it took five, six, seven years to finally get there, you know? So I think that there's just this extra little uh, jab that people take because he has been so talented, right? When like, you're not really given that to Mac Jones, you know, you're like, I don't think there's an unrealistic expectation right now for, for Anthony Richardson or for Bryce young. Yeah. But it's like the kid in the class like growing up, it's like, Oh, I can't believe you got a 90. I think you like, okay, I got a 90. Like the rest of the class is getting eighties and seventies. Like what's the big deal. It's like, you know, but you're, different. <laughs> you're different. Like, you know, it was like, we had a kid, in our, we had a kid in our chemistry class who got, who got like, uh, he, he aced everything. A, this kid aced everything. He, he was a doctor now, you know, he got a scholarship to like Boston college. What kind Colorado. of doctor? Uh, I don't know what kind of doctor he is, but he got into Stanford. The dude's a genius. And he would get like, if you got a 90, the chemistry teacher, and this was, this was a hard class. People were like not failing, not doing well. If you got a 90, the teacher be like, what happened? And he's like, why is this guy getting on me? And it's because bro, you're, you're the best. You're the top student. You're different. You should be getting a hundred every time. Like that's why. And like Herbert, any criticism he gets is with the also understanding that he is the top dog or one of the top dogs. He's a top five quarterback. So, you know, great power, baby. Great responsibility. Like he, if, if he was a Mac Jones level player, he wouldn't be getting the same kind of criticism. Like Mac Jones is all of a sudden now in year three. And we're like, all right, is he going to survive as the Patriots quarterback or are they a dark horse for Caleb Williams, Drake may, are they going to have to move on from him? If he can't get it done with a, with a new offensive coordinator and a revamped offense. Like those are the questions surrounding Mac Jones. The questions for Justin Herbert are okay. Can he get to the Super Bowl? Can he get past Burrow, Allen, Mahomes? Can he jump into that group or is he going to get jumped by Trevor Lawrence? Right. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's uh, it's the price you pay for for greatness or for being super talented. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're held to a higher standard. But I just think that you know, in, in today's NFL, and you know, every year of NFL for the most part, when guys are rookies, you know, there's a little bit of a longer leash, and you know, the expectations are lower. But it's interesting because, like, you know, I think coming into his rookie season he wasn't the guy that everyone was talking about. He was like, Oh, he's like the third, fourth quarterback, you know, like two was taken ahead of him. Joe Burrow was taken ahead of him. You know, people were thinking like you cried on the couch, dude. Do not cry. <laughs> you were upset that, you, that, that it happens. I've been there before. You I was were, like unsure. You know what? You might've been hangry. Two days later, I bought a, a t-shirt Jersey. So you did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, you know, like when Chris Bosch signed with the Heat, everyone was like, okay, Chris Bosch signed with the Heat. They got an all-star. When LeBron signed with the Heat, I know the decision on national TV, people were, like, you know, throwing burning jerseys, throwing fits. It's a, when you're excellent, you're held to that different standard. And people maybe were a little sour on him because it was tank for Tua. Burrow had that unbelievable season. And I guess it felt in some respects that the Chargers were getting like the third option. But we had Ryan Leaf sit here and tell us one time that, hey, like, this kid Herbert is going back to school for a good reason. He's going to be excellent. Be patient. This really is the guy that could be. And we know like Ryan has a bit of a back Pac-12 bias and a bit of a size bias at times, but he was right. He's like, look, he's going back for the right reasons. He's going to be fine. Don't believe what you're seeing in the media. And Herbert has been nothing short of fantastic for the Chargers. Like this is not, and he's been healthy. Like I know we had, we talked about the rib injury, but he's played 17 games the past two years. Yeah. I do think that, his level of criticism sometimes 
borders on unwarranted while y'all are saying he is a fantastic talent and he has been tremendously productive in the, in his first three years of his career. Um, there are those out there. And I would say that they're probably like not knowledgeable football fans and not necessarily watching every single chargers game every week and seeing what this guy does on the field, which any given play can look quite miraculous, you know, coming out of that, the ball coming out of that guy's hand. Um, and I think he's at a point now where, look, we did our QB rankings. I think we had him four, four. I think a lot of people have him lower than that right now. Um, and I don't necessarily think that it's the right ranking, but it's the reality of his team's performance. And at the end of the day, winning is what matters most in football, winning in the playoffs, getting to a Super Bowl, getting to a, a conference championship. And like I mentioned on our show either yesterday or two days ago, in comparison to the other young, talented quarterbacks that are in that top eight, he has been the least productive in that regard. And that is really working against him right now. And that's why the quote unquote, there's that battle, right? Between like, is he actually a good quarterback? Is he just a stat stuffing analytics guy and he can't win? Which I think is a, is a bullshit argument because he is very talented. And last year he, he played a, a lot of football games. He had a really productive year and he was ailing through almost half of those games. His I mean, left tackle was out. He lost yeah, his off. He lost his blind side. His run game is an all is, pro left tackle too. a guy that's yeah, stalwart. Yeah. He's the, he'll get a he'll, Andrew Thomas also got a record breaking extension and, and he proved to be a really good pick for the giants. Sean Slater is going to get that kind of money if he's fully healthy. Also, I mean, Nick, you can, you can speak to it best. How many yep. times have we seen Keenan Allen injured? How many times have we seen Mike Williams injured? Like Austin Eckler, a guy we love and a guy who's a supreme talent and should get paid. He's not like a, and he's even said it. So that's why we have no problem saying this. He's not a true tried and true running back. So his run game really isn't that, that much of a threat. And his play action really isn't that much of a threat. And it's not necessarily his fault. He's had a carousel of tight ends. Uh, again, injuries in the offensive line. And to me, Justin Herbert has been thrown a lot of curveballs that other quarterbacks necessarily haven't been thrown. Like, jo like a reason we put him ahead of Josh Allen, like Josh Allen turns the ball over more. His completion percentage is lower. Allen has the better receiver. And no, sh no shake against Keenan Allen and Mike Will. They're both excellent talents. But he's at digs. And his what happened when he got digs? His numbers started shooting off. Like Diggs is a top five wide receiver, top three, some people would say, and he's he's always healthy pretty much, and he's had a bunch of Josh Allen has had a has a, a bunch of things go right for him, and he's capitalized. But Justin Herbert has been dealt some tough hands, and by and large has done a pretty fantastic job wading the waters of some difficult difficult times thrown his way, and the last year's loss wasn't his fault in the playoffs. Like if you're up 27, 28, nothing, whatever it was. You got to win that football game. I'm sorry. Definitely not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's your coach. That's your coach. That's your um, offensive game plan. You know, that's your defense. That's everyone but you. <laughs> like the meme of uh, play the clip of uh, Robin Williams and, and Matt Damon at the end of Goodwill. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. Not your fault. I do think. I <laughs> There are some of these other young quarterbacks who are in that top tier have also been dealt 
adversity as well. I don't want to put it out to be there, like at least in, in my opinion, that Herbert's the only one that's had to deal with stuff like that. Not the only one, but who, 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 like Burrow? I mean, I mean, from a weapon standpoint, yes, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have been injured, but what Lamar Jackson has to de- had to deal with weapons wise is not even comparable. But we like, have Herbert ahead of Lamar. I know. I'm just saying, but Lamar was also able to win an MVP, right? Yeah. And and I would say the Josh Allen point is really interesting because year two, they get to the wild card round um, and they get bounced by the Texans who were a solid team at that point. Um, and then year three, they get digs. And that was when they went to the AFC championship. So that was a real game changer. But two years ago, where, where did we have Keenan Allen on our top receiver list? Was he? I mean, he was up there. Top 10. He was in top contention. 10. Yeah, he's a top ten guy. But that was two years ago. It's not last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, you take a step back with age, and of course, all the injuries that he's faced. I mean, he had a big injury last year. He hardly played last year, um, so it's hard to really put him in there. But look, I think the injuries this are season, a part of the game, though. Like, I, I think that's not. No, I yeah, know, they but, are. But that's like but, what Herbert has like, to deal with. That's also like our knock on Cooper Cup this year too. Is that he he went out last year? So like, you lose a little bit of ranking, you know, in there when you get hurt. Hundred percent. Like, yeah, I, I just have a hard time like doing the boohoo thing for Justin Herbert in regards to his weapons. That's bad. I know. I he's had the toughest take out of toughest shake out of all those guys. There were times where we're like Josh Palmer was his number one receiver, and we like Josh Palmer, but he's the number four guy. Yeah, like he's had some really tough goes, dude. He had Austin Eckler. He had the best receiving back, always healthy, always healthy, but, always available. But I will say they also had no run game. Like no run game. on the on the flip side, like it's pretty one dimensional. Like you're game planning against Justin Herbert just to protect the pass. Like you could let up a little bit on the run game. They had the worst rushing attack in the NFL, and they still yeah. kind of don't. They, they definitely don't. Not they still definitely don't. don't. They definitely <laughs> don't. They didn't address it. But I would I would say last year's. I mean, what was more important than the the Allen Williams was healthy last year? What was more important? For the Allen injury was probably the play calling from the Chargers because they weren't willing to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. And well, that's hopefully Callum Moore addresses that. <laughs> yeah. I just look, there's Joe Burrow had a horrific injury his first season, was able to come back. Like he did. That that's is, that, that's, that's adversity, incredible yes. adversity. Same thing with Tua and what he's had to deal with. Like jo- Josh Allen had, he had before Diggs got there, who did he have on his team? Who are his weapons? Gabe Davis. Gabe nah. Davis, who we didn't even know who that was two years ago. Like, look, I'm not, that's something they never have had dealt with adversity, but in the last year, the only Herbert guy that had, really hasn't dealt with it is Patrick Mahomes. But Herbert has, and he got lost. He lost, and you know, devil's advocate to the own point, he, he's lost Tyreek Hill. I will say, okay, but he oh, might woo-hoo. have the best, maybe Travis Kelsey, and he yeah. has Andy Reid. Yeah, but dude, he lost a Hall of Fame knockout punch wide receiver. Andy Reid schemes guys into relevancy. Like it does. Tyreek Hill is relevant no matter what. You took. I know, but I'm just saying, like fantasy football. It clearly wasn't that much of an issue. Tyreek Hill wasn't on the team, and they won the Super Bowl. It clearly wasn't that much of an issue. It's not do or die, but he's an important piece. People would kill to have Tyreek Hill. I think Patrick Mahomes was totally fine without without Tyreek. He was fine. Of course, he was fine. He won the MVP, but I'm sure he would like to have Tyreek Hill and the Super Bowl. And yes, but he would like to have Tyreek Hill. But I don't like what. How is that? I don't feel like that's very relevant though. I'm just well, saying. That's the argument we're trying to make. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm just. Already, I was just I've saying was a thing. I was just saying it was a here. thing that Mahomes had lost Tyreek Hill. Like that was a bit of adversity. Is all I was saying. But in the last year, Justin Herbert has dealt with the most adversity. 
He's had the biggest head coaching question mark. He had Keenan Allen for pretty much zero part of the year. His left tackle went out. He's got no run game. He still has no run game. Like Justin Herbert of the top five or six guys has had the toughest go, in my opinion, over the last year. It's fair. I would say he doesn't. My my question to him then is why are you signing that extension, buddy? Why? Guess what? Guess, Guess who gave you all those problems? The Chargers did. They, by mismanaging, roster moves honestly like Dude, I, don't, I don't and your ownership and hiring like yeah money talks everyone has a price you know what i would do for 133 million dollars guaranteed gimp suit do? dude i would get in the gimp suit for i would be the gimp from pulp fiction for a year what no one else is, would give justin herbert that money they would but he's gonna he's gonna take the extension where it is it's a good comfortability i think look the chargers are competitive it's not like they're they're dog crap it's not like he's re-signing with the cardinals you know yeah, they have no, a future. I, I know, I but just, he's had some tough times. All of the all of the adversity that you brought up, it's it's dealt by the Chargers, not not by him. The only thing that is something he had to deal with personally is the rib injury, which you can't do anything about that because guys get hurt in their plan, and that's the way it goes. Yeah, I will say though, if you're looking at an organization of what they're trying to put in front of their quarterback to make them happy, to protect them, to give them weapons. The Chargers have done all they've co- all they can within the last couple of years to really make sure that he's comfortable there, right? Like it wasn't really the same thing with Aaron Rodgers back in the day, where they would refuse to take a wide receiver in the first round, or they weren't building the offensive line that well. Like right now, they took Quinn Johnston last last year or this year in the draft. The year before that, they took Zion Johnson in the first round as their guard. The year before that, they took Sean Slater. They have a great defense. You know, they're paying the wide receivers. I mean, as a quarterback. What more can you ask for from a team? They del- yeah, they delivered. That's, they've tried. That's to del- kind of my larger point. Is that and Nick just clarified it in in a much more eloquent way. But what I was getting at is they are they've built everything for this guy, and that's why there is this tremendous amount of pressure at this point because now it's about getting it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it's what we started off was like he has to get it done. The pressure is here. Like if there wasn't enough pressure already, now the pressure is rising because the contract extension is going to kick in and the ability to pay other guys is going to become a bit more cumbersome. My only point is he's dealt with a lot. And while they have put a lot of things in place for him to succeed, okay. there have been a couple of things that he has no control over that haven't gone his way. Injuries, uh, which are part also, of the game. Yeah, the team also has no control over too. The injury thing. I, they can't like help. Like Keenan Allen is an excellent receiver and you're not going to like let him go for nothing or let him walk, but like he gets hurt. Like, and now, and that's why they took Quentin Johnston. Like if Johnston's really good this year, which we think he can be, and we saw him be, you know, we saw him up close and personal at TCU. All right, Keenan, thanks for a great career in Los Angeles. He'll be on our new team next year. Yep. That's the business. It's the business. Um, other extensions, Giants, Andrew Thomas, uh, Saquon got paid yesterday, I guess. Uh, Andrew Thomas uh, gets the bag today. He had some questions after his rookie year, but a really strong sophomore year. Uh, I think it's a really good signing by the Giants, something that needed to happen. Um, you know, and we've seen like the Dolphins get a King's ransom for a, a talent like Laramie Tunsil. Like the Giants in a world, there is a world in which they try to move Evan Neal over from right tackle, a kid they took last year, uh, and move him to left tackle and, and get a King's ransom for a talent like Andrew Thomas. Um, but it seems like they're going to have two bookend tackles uh, for the immediate future uh, and hopefully over the next 10 years. So really good signing, I felt, by them. Yeah. yeah. Open up lanes for Saquon Barkley, give Daniel Jones even more of a shot because you just extended him as well. 
mm -hmm. gave him a new deal. So give that offense the best possible chance for them to compete against a really good Philadelphia defense, really good Cowboys defense, and a not terrible Commanders defense, mm -hmm. whatever their team ends up being called in the future if they rebrand once again. Bring back the football team. Uh, Diggs, Cowboys, five years, $97 million. It's a lot of money for a defensive back. Uh, he obviously is one of the best defensive playmakers in the NFL um, when you're talking about cornerbacks and safeties. I, I guess from their evaluation and, you know, what he put up statistically from a coverage standpoint last year in comparison to two years ago where he had the massive amount of turnovers and interceptions two years ago, but the coverage stats weren't necessarily there. He kind of flipped the script this past year. The turnovers went down slightly, although he was still making a lot of plays, um, but the coverage stats were a little bit better. To me, this, this signifies that they think he's a top five defensive back cornerback in the league, and I just don't necessarily know that he is, but from a brand standpoint, you know, he's very marketable. Everybody loves the story of him, his son, um, super, super cute, that kid. And you know, the, the Diggs family, obviously sucker the for the families, dude, you love that. You love the family stuff. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm saying just broad strokes. Like, yeah, no, it's great. It, the kids, people funny. in the media love his kid. They, he's, yeah. He's, he's great. He's he was awesome. down at his kid was at radio row when we were yeah. walking around radio row. He was like, he's there. A, he's with, like a with mini celebrity. Yeah. yeah. And, and like literally people wanted just to hear him talk. They didn't care about Diggs. It's <laughs> hilarious. The, yeah, uh, I guess the one thing that concerns me is like if Dan Quinn, which I expect he will have another great year in Dallas and Mike McCarthy stays as the Cowboys head coach and Quinn goes elsewhere to take a head coaching job. What does Diggs look like at that point? Right? Like what does the whole defense look like at that point? I mean, you have yeah. Micah, Micah does so much and, and tank Lawrence on the opposite side. And I think they've done a really good job of drafting. Well, but, um, it, you know, you have to have that defensive leader with Dan Quinn. And so Diggs, I feel like, has a true identity, and he's able to kind of play Rover, where if there was a new DC, I don't know if he would fit as well with whatever scheme they wanted to put forward. But I, the one thing that I always remind myself about with this guy is he didn't start playing defensive back until college. Mm. Like, he feasibly could continue to get better. And, I, I like, from an instinct standpoint – Obviously, athletically, you know, he's he's fantastic. He's all over the field. Um, he's great on ball, and he's, he's an absolute ball hawk. But it's just a lot of money for a guy that I can't wholeheartedly say is a top five corner in the league. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of, you know, one of the things you brought up the other day was you guys didn't pay uh, Byron Jones when it came time to pay Byron Jones. So maybe it could be a little bit of – buyer's remorse so to speak in in that regard like hey like we didn't pay the last guy we had the opportunity to pay and you know they kind of bit us in the butt so we pay the guy we have now and look is Diggs a top five corner no is he a top 10 corner yeah probably he also gets stefan gilmore across from now which is is he the defensive player of the year no is he still stefan gilmore like a really good cornerback yeah yeah. He's got Deron Bland also there. I think that was a really good pick by the Cowboys. Uh, he had a really strong year last year. Malik Hooker, uh, another guy that's made a comeback with the boys. And then, again, you brought up the most important piece. Like, the good defensive pass rush complements, you know, the good defensive backfield. And 
by and large, that's what's going to happen. Like it's all going to rest on the shoulders of Micah Parsons and Dexter Lawrence. Can they get to the quarterback? Demarcus. Demarcus. What did I say? Dexter. Oh yeah. Sorry. Demarcus Lawrence. Dexter another, Lawrence. another really good defensive player though. Yeah. Defensive lineman who got the bag. I knew like that. He was one of those guys just a quick bit on him. Like when we remember when he was taken at like 17, we're like, this guy's going to be an animal and people are overthinking his size and his, you know, ability to play every down. He's going to be a stud. And he has been one of the biggest jumpers uh, in Madden. But I think, I think by and large, a really good deal for the Cowboys considering like, look, you don't want him to go elsewhere. You want to keep it in house and he may not be a top five guy, but he definitely is a top 10 guy. Uh, speaking of keeping it in house, let's make a little transition uh, from the gridiron to the diamond MLB trade deadline coming up uh, this week. The biggest rumbling today I've been hearing, uh, and I'm sure you guys have gotten some alerts. Lance Lynn looking to be on the move. He'll probably be joining the Tampa Bay Rays rotation, uh, which his ERA sucks. <laughs> But the strikeout numbers are there, uh, and you know we've seen the Rays utilize pitchers uh, to the best of their ability. And I think, and I, and I imagine that they use him as an innings eater. Um, we've seen what the, you know my Red Sox have done with Nick Pavetta, bringing him in in like the third inning, fourth inning sometimes um, as as a long reliever, and have him go five innings. I could see the Rays using Lance Lynn in that fashion uh, and and bringing him in once the, you know a full go around the, the lineup or bring him for like the last three batters of the lineup and the end of the lineup and getting his start there. Um, so I think it's a really, really solid pickup for the Rays. Very typical if it, if it does go through um, and a little underwhelming from a, just an overall baseball standpoint, because we thought they'd be in the mix for Otani, but is anybody in the mix uh, for Otani? Do you guys think anyone's in the, or where are we standing now? Like as the days go on, it keeps flip-flopping. Honestly, I think that <clears throat> they're three and a half games out as it stands right now from the wild card. I really think that they're probably just going <laughs> to, they're going to be prideful here and they're going to hang on to him and see if they can make it work. Cause they're going to get trout back before playoffs would start. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully pretty soon, but just, I, I don't think they're comfortable like knowing that they're going to squander the opportunity to have trout and Otani on the same team. Because this is the last chance. It's the last last ditch effort. Um, and to be quite frank, I don't know that many teams are meeting the asking price that they'd want. Because it is a one-year rental, not even a half-year rental. And you don't know if for certain if this guy's going to resign with you. So if you're a team on the East Coast, like the Red Sox, the Orioles, the Braves, the Rays, all these teams that we the Rangers, like teams that we've mentioned before to possibly be in the mix for him that are contenders that have you know, good farm systems that could could pay the price. I don't necessarily know that you want to pull the trigger on that because you don't know if he's actually going to resign with you because of, of the fact that he has this West Coast bias. You know, the teams that are on the West Coast, the Pacific, Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles, those are the teams that have a more realistic opportunity to get him. So you really have to see how that shakes out. But as it stands right now, my gut check reaction is that he's staying in Anaheim and they're going to let it play out and see if they can make a run uh, late in the season. I mean, the Padres are staying pat, right? If they're not sellers here, six games out of the wild card game, wild card standings, uh, then I don't imagine the the angels will be. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a lot of the pods are six. The Mets are seven. The Cardinals are 10. Cardinals are selling. It's <clears> over. <throat> Cubs are interesting. The Cubs are five. 
They've won four in a row. And that's a team that like, okay, Marcus Stroman's going to be a free agent. He's a guy that we have to look oh, yeah. at. Cody, Cody Bellinger, who's him and Yelich have had ironically together had a resurgence uh, this season. But if you're Otani and you could go anywhere you want and you're going to get the amount of money you want, like, do you really trust this Angels organization to get it done? And he's a winner, dude. We saw what he did in the World Baseball Classic. He won for his country. And we saw how fiery and competitive he was. Like, does this team give you the best chance to win? No. They've had the best player in baseball for the last decade. He's been to the playoffs once. Yeah, well, one time. I'm not saying it's up to him. I'm not saying that, like, he's going to stay there after free agency. I'm saying, like, just trade the deadline right now. I, I think he's on a different team for certain. Sure, yeah. I'm not saying you don't think that. I'm just saying if you're the Angels, like, and I, I, I'm with you. I think he probably stays at this point. Yeah, but it's like it's just like that last, last shot of redemption. You know what I mean? Like, you and your girlfriend have had trouble, you know, throughout the entire relationship. It's that one last-ditch effort to see if you can finally make it work, right? Probably is going to end up in heartbreak, but at the end of the day, like you want to give it one more month to see if it plays out. Like, is the sex steamy and fiery? You know, is there going to be some fun dates here and there? Maybe, but it'll probably end in heartbreak. Yeah. You want to give it one more chance to see if it can go another three months when you know for sure that she moves to New York and is going to leave you. Right. So and you're never getting married. Exactly. Yeah. Like well, at it's, point, no, like... but, I, but it's just the market's not there. Like, like Nick's saying, it's like these other teams, it's not worth it for them at this point. And once again, the Angels have backed themselves in the worst corner to be in because, like Nick said, and I agree with you, Nick, like he's not going to be on this team after free agency. It's just not going to happen. He's not like if he stays with this team, I don't know what he's doing because he's devaluing himself in the larger context of 10 years down the road, what Shohei Otani could be um as a as a brand and and how much money he could bring in for his family for his family's future family like it's yeah i just don't think he's gonna be on the angels i don't think that they're gonna make the wild card i think the mariners have a better chance of, of sneaking into the wild card spot than they do um but again they're not in the wild card spot right now because there are 11 teams that are over 500 in the al the al east is a juggernaut the baltimore orioles have now overtaken the Tampa Bay Rays, like the Texas Rangers are, are looking behind themselves and about two feet away from them are the Houston Astros. It, it does not matter if they get to the wild card because they're going to get bounced anyway, and they're not going to the world series. And unfortunately this is the bed that they have to lie on as, as the angels now. Um, but you do bring up the, the cards and obviously for the, I mean, I think it's been like since the first month and a half of baseball, you guys have been like, all right, We've seen it out for this Cardinals team. Like, they got to they gotta do something here. Arenado, I saw, potentially to the Dodgers. That's a rumor out there. A trade, obviously, would have to be made, and it'd have to be a, you know, a, a big package because of his contract and what he signed for in, in, uh, in St. Louis. But that had been a rumor when he was back in Colorado. They could use Arenado on their team, the Dodgers, and, of course, that would make them very scary come playoff time the cherry on top i hate that they just always get the guy they always get the girl it's like you're he's he's drunk at the bar he's blackout you know he's looking down his hands are in his head he can barely talk 
And still, every girl. Alex Earl, Alex Earl comes up to him and says, who are you? What's your name? Yeah, dude. Yeah. He, he's, he's still like he's got nice, flowy, flowy, long blonde hair and 6'2". <laughs> the, uh, it's, yeah, just going off the girl analogies here. Arenado would be a crazy trade. I don't know, man. Like, the Yotani thing, we know what's going to happen. The three of us are sitting here like there's no way he would sign. Not no way, but like probably not going to sign with the Angels. And if you're the Angels, like you said this the other day, Nick, in, in regard to the Chargers, if we as the fans know this, how do the front office not know this? And I know there's money money value. That I mean, they, they know. They know. I feel like they know. Dude, they'd be in last place in the AL East. And the Yankees have been hurt the whole year. And the Red Sox like roster like actually is a lot better than I thought. So shame on me. But it's not unbelievable. Like, what if they, what if the Angels were like, screw it? We're giving him six hundred million dollars. Do you think? Do you think it has to be more than that? No. Is he worth more or less than Mr. Beast's YouTube channel? <laughs> Probably less. less. <clears throat> I think it's like I think that thing's worth like multiple billions of dollars. I, I heard he got I, the word on the street was he got offered a bill and he turned it down. Damn, <laughs> got a M- Mbappe. Yeah, the Mbappe thing is ridiculous, though. Like, dude, at, at a is certain he gonna point, do he's going to do, do it, it, right? I thought he no, turned thought, it down. I thought he turned it down. Oh, did he turn it down? A but I think that deal. they're like still negotiating, like for the transfer fee with the team or with PSG or something. Like PSG's like entertaining the conversation. I don't know. It's one year. Like it's one year. Yeah, he's also like twenty three years old. Like, let's do it, dude. <laughs> I'm kind of in the camp of do it. Did y'all see that Giannis posted a photo of himself and was like, or a video of himself and was like, look, I'm Mbappe. I look like him. They do look pay a lot me, like pay, pay me 1.1 billion. I'll leave. Bro, like, it's funny, that, funny, like the one of the best players in, in all of basketball is, is asking for that type of money. I mean, and Jalen Brown's Supermax is 304 million, and Giannis's is going to be close to 400, but that is not 1.1 billion dollars. No, Bro, it's, not. it's like we've spoken of- about this though. Like they're gonna infiltrate soccer. because you know what? If Mbappe says no at one point one billion dollars, whoever the next up after Mbappe is, they will go until they get somebody because they know they could buy their way into sports. They bought their way into golf. Darren, baseball has no cap room. They will buy their way into baseball. They'll do it, they'll figure out a way. Well, they, don't they have to create a league first? Bro, they can create anything, apparently. Yeah. I saw, I saw. I don't know if it was AR or what. Like I a, saw. It's like a 3D printer of countries, basically. I like, saw, yeah. Anything. I saw a model of what they're planning to do, like in this, like, beautiful, like, lo- it was like a metal strip, like a mile long of like houses and stores and in the middle of the desert with like greens and shrubbery. I don't know how real it was, but it looked unbelievable. And I didn't even question whether they could do it or not. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. They're going to put a guy on Mars at this rate. Um, But, yeah, <laughs> I want to say, though, because you brought up the Orioles and a, a little bit away from the trade deadline. I've been clamoring, I feel, for the relievers to be considered for Cy Youngs for a long time. And there's been years past where guys have had unbelievable years and they've not won it. Who's the last you know, guy to do it? Is it Gagne? I believe it is Mr. Gagne in 04 for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Zach Britton was close. Yes, Nick. He that was the guy I was thinking of. Uh, ironically, on the Orioles, to me, Alex, it seems like you're most impressed with the Baltimore Orioles as you should be. 
Um, it's like the best team in baseball. Like, and I think a lot of it is, yeah, they are the second best team in baseball, and they're arguably the hottest team in baseball. You know, and look, Wells, Kramer, Gibson, like these guys have been good. Bradish, they've been good in the rotation, but they haven't been lights out, unbelievable. They don't have a, a true ace at the top of their rotation. It's a lot of it has been on the shoulders of Cano and Batista. And Cano has been great. He's got a 1.82 ERA, a 0.97 whip, which is pretty ridiculous. He's walked six batters in 49 innings. Like, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. And, but Batista, dude, like 49 innings. His whip is 0.86. His ERA is 0.92. In 49 innings, he has struck out 96 dudes for a case per nine inning of 17.6. He's got 28 saves. I know we say bullpen's a luxury and it's an asset you can trade Bednar for the pirates, but the best teams in baseball by and large always have a really strong bullpen. Like Marion, it's like, no, yes, they had Jeter Posada, Bernie Williams, the rocket at points, Andy Pettit at points, a lot of good pitching at points. One of the biggest stalwarts for the Yankees dynasty is Mariano Rivera. It's a reason he's the first player ever in the history of baseball, not Ken Griffey Jr., not Derek Jeter. Mariano Rivera is the first player in the history of baseball to receive 100% on the Hall of Fame ballot. He was that important to the Yankees dynasty. Batista, I'm not saying he's Mariano Rivera, but he's been that good this season. If his ERA is lower than 0.9 by the end of the year, he should win the Cy Young. Okay, so I just very quickly looked up an article that's written by a guy named Monty Selly, and he was just saying, like, Years in which relievers won the Cy Young, which prior to 03 when Gagne won it, obviously, you know, we're talking about a long time ago, uh, is that other things have to happen in the way that voters look at these awards. Is there a dominant starter in the league right now in the American League? There's on, on a on a contending team. Gary Cole. Cole and Eovaldi are your best bets to outdo him. But neither of those guys are putting together a season where I'm where I'm so blown away that they have to win the Cy Young over this guy. He's on the best team of those three teams. How many saves does he have? 28. So he's not going to set any sort of record there? No. Presum- presumably. He won't. Uh, are any of the starters like Cole, like Eovaldi um, – not going to hit like traditional yardstick measurements, like 20 wins, 200 innings pitch, 200 strikeouts. Um, Yavaldi is leading the league with 11 wins tied actually McClanahan also, uh, he's been hurt. He's had injuries. Uh, he has 11 wins. Cole has nine wins. Cole <clears throat> in 21 starts his 15 quality starts, which is pretty impressive in his case per nine is 10 and he's leading the league He's leading all pitchers in war ahead of Eovaldi. He's got a 4.2, and Eovaldi's got a 3.5. But Cole's whip is a 108. Like Strikeouts are way above Eovaldi's, too. Yeah. I I mean, to me, you know, I mean, that's my issue with Snell winning the Cy Young. His whip's a 1.27. Like, it's, I get he's, like, getting guys out when he needs to, but it's very, it's very paltry, like, not impressive at all. Um, but he's leading the league in ERA at least with a two six. I mean, these like if Cole or Eovaldi had like a two three, I'd like I'd back off. But these guys are like you know closer to three, and I think Cole's your best bet. Snell leads the league in walks. Yeah, like by a long shot too. 
He's got he's got uh, six more walks than uh, Michael Kopech for the White Sox. And then the yeah. NL, he's 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 got twelve more than Flaherty. It's a slippery slope. He's but he's striking dudes out of at a well. That's pretty the thing. ridiculous it's, clip. I think that's kind of why his walks are so high is because he's always going for the strikeout. So mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like uh, erratically um, effective sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's working like, you know, Hey, like he's been on absolutely, he's been on fire, but Let me see where his quality starts are. Not, yeah, I guess, I, I guess, I, I, think. I guess then maybe if we see a situation where, you know, the Yankees are at the bottom of the division right now, of course, it's very tight. They are over 500, still a very good team. Um, but they fall out of that wild card spot that they're really out. helps. All right. Right. So if they stay, sorry, if they stay out of that wild card spot, then I think that bodes well, Josh, at least for there being the pretense for Batista to to be in heavy consideration for him to win the Cy Young. When we pick Cy Youngs and MVPs, a lot of unless a guy is having a crazy season, like you're saying, who is the best player on the best team? He's the best player on the best team. Oh, it's, like, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a, no, it's reasonable logic i don't necessarily know that that cy young has to be the best sure. on that team but mvp yeah i mean because like sandy Al- Al- alcantara did it last year alcantara did it last year yeah you know? I, I yeah you're right and dicky did it and they weren't that great the year he won it and we've seen right. guys we've seen guys win it when the teams weren't that great but, but but to me though when a guy is that great and the team is that great it should matter when he's the best player on the best team, we have to look at it and be like, okay, wait a second. What, why can't this guy get his fair shake? Just because he's a yeah, reliever? I mean, I mean honestly, I, th- I think some people would even argue that like he's not the best guy on his team just because he is a reliever, which then when you bring up the Alcantara point, like it favors him kind of even more there because it's like, well, okay, but he's like the best pitcher. So... <laughs> Just give him the award, you know? Like, mm. <laughs> that's what you did with the Marlins last year. Like, why can't we do it here with the Orioles? I don't know. It's 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 interesting, and it would be really, really cool. I mean, since 2003, 20 years later it took for a reliever to win the award again. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I don't know how many reliever. I think it's Eckersley, Fingers, Willie Hernandez like for the Tigers in, like, the 80s, and Gagne have done it. Like, there's, like, four dudes that have done it. It's, like, not – and we, like Nick said with Zach Britton, we've seen some really excellent seasons. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh, non quarterbacks winning the MVP. It is like non quarterbacks winning the or, MVP, or not even non quarterbacks. A lot of running backs have won it, but like a defensive player winning the MVP. Yes, yeah. or a wide receiver. Like when Cooper Cup did what he did the other year in the Rams when the Super Bowl, and you're like, hey, like, can this guy get a shot at the MVP right now? He's been that good. And everyone's just like, nah, he's a wide receiver. Like, it doesn't really matter as much. I, it, has been, uh, it has been a quarterback, so at least for the last since AP, right? Not in twelve. Um, yeah, two thousand twelve. It's been a quarterback every year, and then AP, and then quarterback, 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 then Ladanian and Sean Alexander. So over the last, I guess, twenty three years, there's only been three running backs. The rest have been quarterbacks. Sorry, four running backs because Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk, yeah. Yeah. That's why they introduce offensive player of the year so heavily. So there's like, only been looks like one defensive player ever to do it. You guys know who that LT. is? LT. LT. 
1986, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, the one thing I'll throw out there. So Gagne obviously wins in the NL. In oh, the wait, Zion. sorry. I'm seeing another one. It's Alan Page, 1971 for the Vikings. Uh, right defensive tackle, looks like. Jesus. Wow. Alan Page. Sorry, go ahead, Toss. Shout out Page. I was just going to hey, say. Gagne. Kicker won it in 82. For, for really? the commander, for the commanders? For the Washington Redskins at the time. Yes, now the commanders. Mark Mosley. Love that. He must he's not been. as good as Justin Tucker. <laughs> uh, close this out, T, with what you're going to say. Yeah, I, I was just I was going to throw out that, you know, Gagne, obviously, NL, won it for the Dodgers. So that's 03. Eckersley, like you mentioned, <clears> Josh, was 92. So there hasn't been an AL uh, reliever to win the Cy Young since 92. Eckersley, Willie Hernandez, and Raleigh Fingers, who won it in 92, 84, and 81, respectively, also all won the MVP that season, too. Mm. So, just a fun little tidbit. I don't well, think he's going to win the yeah, MVP. There's a Mr. Yeah. I, think, I think a pitcher will win the MVP this year, but he won't win the song as well. Yeah, uh, There you go, Nick. Uh, cool, guys. Free throws, hit them. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for joining us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.